Hi, welcome to another Power Blast podcast where we provide nourishment for the soul, allowing you to transform from the inside out, providing rapid results in mindset and fitness so you can recharge your battery and reclaim your power. Hey there, my friend Perry Tinsley here. Get ready for another Power Packed interview. Yes, I have a special guest, my friend Sam Crowley, and we're going to talk about facing fear, making committed decisions, some awesome mindset shifts, even persistence and overcoming obstacles. And I don't know if you know this or not. Sam is my podcasting mentor. He's also a speaker. He's founder of the Everyday a Saturday podcast. We're going to talk about that in today's episode. Um, you won't believe the amount of downloads he's had, like 20 20 million? Over 20 million? It's crazy. Are you kidding me? Um, Sam and I, we both started podcasting right around the same time back in the mid-2000s, like 2005, 2006. Um, And he's shared the stage with notable speakers like Bob Proctor, Les Brown, Tony Robbins. Um, How cool is that, right? So um, he is also a husband, and he has four daughters, so he's an awesome father as well. So Let's get to that interview. I have an awesome guest on our podcast today, as you can see, if you're watching the video version. Uh, Sam Crowley, he's my mentor. He, we, he became my mentor a year ago, just about a year ago. So yeah, welcome to Power that. Blast Podcast, Sam. Perry, it's great to be here, baby. Let's dive into this thing. I'm excited. I don't even know what we're going to talk about. Yeah, really. We're just going <laughs> to make it up. But uh, um one of the cool things, Sam, is you've been a speaker on uh, like world stages around the world, haven't you? Um, different places like that. And you may know Sam or you'll definitely want to get over onto his podcast. He's got like well over 20 million downloads or something like that on a podcast called Everyday is Saturday. Love the title of that. And just some really, really cool stuff. We'll learn some more about Sam's story. But I want to bring Sam on here because he has come. He has accomplished a lot of things and really overcome a lot of things. So Sam, can can we just dig in here? Every day is Saturday. You and I started our podcast very close to around the same time. How did you come upon the every day is Saturday thing? And if you even want to dial it back to, you had something with a corporate gig where you like many, a, a really, really successful career that you decided to leave. Yeah. What's that all about? Yeah, I did a little bit of everything. Well, first, hey, it's great to be on the Power Blast podcast, Perry. Um, thanks for having me on. Uh, I love talking all things, uh, challenges, adversity, entrepreneurship, you know, mm. the wins. I always like to talk about the wins. But yeah, I had a corporate gig. I was in a corporate world 15 years uh, with a Fortune 500 company. And look, I didn't mind it um, until I did. And the reason I did is because, you know, after 15 years, we, my wife and I of 25 years back then had our first child. And um, I just didn't see myself dialed in that way. Um, you know, if I was going to be a dad, I was going to be all in. And I'm not here to take a shot at dads that work. That's not what I'm talking about. What I'm talking about is my own story where my dad left when I was three months old for my mom to raise eight kids by herself. So I just was crazy nuts about focusing on being there. I wanted to be, you know, Mike Brady, you know, tell all the stupid dad jokes, be in the drop-off line, the pickup line with my kids and the minivan, you know, all that stuff. So, you know, I started in corporate in 1990 and same company, stayed with them 15 years, subsidiary of AT&T. And then um, my daughter, Madeline, who's our oldest now, but at the time she was three years old, used to ask me, daddy, is tomorrow Saturday? 
And six days of the week, I'd have to say, no, it's not. And she asked enough. I kind of got clued in because it's the only day we saw each other. So I said, hey, you know what, honey? Someday soon, every day will be Saturday. And um, May 6, 2005, uh, I quit. And I just said, I'm done. And I didn't. And when I said those words, man, let me tell you, it. I said them. And then I figured, I just told, what did I do? I have no, what, what did I just do? I mean, I had a 401k, stock options, vested in the pension, company car. I mean, I had everything that I thought I wanted, but I didn't have a relationship. Well, I had a relationship, but I just didn't see my kids enough. So I quit. And uh, I started the podcast every day is Saturday around that time. Here's what's funny is, you know, I know you've been podcasting forever as well. So we're kind of dinosaurs in this space. And, you know, for me, I was creating audios. I didn't know I was creating podcasts. I was creating audios and putting them out there. It wasn't until about a year later that I discovered, you know, a podcast feed and putting it on these different platforms. But I called it podcasting because, you know, I was creating audios and putting them out there and, yeah, look, I never got started to get 20 million downloads, Perry. That wasn't ever part of the plan. I just wanted to see if, you know, I had a voice. And here we are, you know, 18 years later or whatever. Wow. That's that that so cool. When I can find somebody or meet somebody that has, uh, that discovered podcasting the same time I did. And, you know, a funny thing, a friend of mine said at the time I was deciding to do it, you know, everybody's podcasting. It's kind of saturated. What <laughs> what What message could you have? It's like... You know, sometimes Saturated. when people aren't doing what you're doing and they give you the advice from the couch, you know. Um, yeah. But, okay, so there was, was there a runway other than your daughter saying, you know, is today Saturday, is today Saturday? What's the runway up to making that that instant decision? Or was it just like, I mean, they, you must have contemplated it for a while. Well, you know, it was just kind of gnawing at me. I think we all have that, you know, inner voice that, you know, ask you to do more, to dream more, you know, and uh, again, I'm just built different. I'm not saying that I'm anything, you know, special. I'm just different and I'm psychologically unemployable. And I started to find that out about, you know, my 12th year in corporate that I looked down the hallway, I saw the people ahead of me on the corporate ladder. And I just said, do I want to be like them? And the answer was easy. It was no, I don't. I don't want to be in meetings all day. I don't want to have meetings just to have meetings. I don't want to bring work home with me, give all my best to my direct reports at work and give nothing to my direct reports at home. And it was just, it, it became a very simple decision, but boy, was it a big one. I mean, we're talking about giving up really everything. And I, I didn't really know how to adapt. I remember the day I woke up Monday after Friday and thinking, what do I do now? I mean, this is weird. I don't have any place to be. I got nobody telling me what to do. And so it was a, you know, moving from that that corporate mindset into the entrepreneurial mindset was really the biggest challenge, but I'd say the runway up to that decision, it was a, just a, a series of observing. I, I observe people uh, like I'm the guy that would sit in the mall for two hours and just watch people. Uh, I'm fascinated by human beings, by how they act, how they talk. Um, and as I watched the corporate world, I said, I, I just can't be a part, not long-term. I just can't, I can do it for another couple of years maybe, but I started to just think and dream and, I started reading and I started looking at other people that did what I wanted to do. And I thought, Hey, you know, why not me? You know, why not? Yeah. Wow. It's, that is interesting to have that. Um, just, I, th- I think when, when you really pay attention, that power of awareness can really be pretty amazing. I, I think a lot of times people tend to just go through life, ignoring what's around them, you know, saying they've got to stay on the straight and narrow and getting into the, well, what ifs and the, the, the analysis paralysis sort of thing. Um, 
but that is a big shift to all. I mean, your wife was all in on this or what, what yep, was the deal 100%. with that discussion? Yeah. She's always wanted the best for our family. And that oh, was the best cool. for our family who wouldn't want their dad home all the time. You yeah. know, when your kids are five, then we, we have four daughters now, but you know, we then had three kids under the age of five, you know, mm -hmm. around that time, not soonly after that. And it was just became a no brainer who wouldn't want their dad. Now I had to figure out how to make money, yeah. but the easy part was, Hey, I want to be around the family. They want me around more easy. Now yeah. tough is how do you replace the income? That's mm -hmm. a different story. Yeah. Yeah. Well, so what did you do with, with that? Because that, that is quite a pivot. And I think even, yep. so, so, so do you even relate to that? Um, 2020 was a big shift for a lot of people in that respect because they got booted out of the nest and now they had to figure out what, what am I going to do with that? Yep. So what, what was it that you did to just like, okay, I'm going to figure this thing out. Well, I was willing to go all in. I mean, I was willing to drain my entire savings and retirement, which I did. I drained it all down to zero. So, um, and because I knew I could build a million dollar brand, I didn't know how I had no idea how I'd never build a business in my life. I didn't even have business cards. I had no LLC. I did I had nothing. I just had a tremendous passion. And the more people told me that I couldn't do it or shouldn't do it, the more it drove me in, in, in the other direction of, I need to do it, you know? Mm. And so I started putting myself, instead of saying, you know, I'm Sam Crowley corporate, this or that, I said, Hey, I'm a speaker, trainer, seminar leader. That's it. And it, here's what's funny, Perry, is that when you start telling people that you're really telling yourself that, you know, it's like, yeah. I had to say that out loud to even believe it myself, because I wasn't a speaker, I have no formal training. Mm -hmm. And so my podcast, you know, I wasn't getting many downloads, I was getting 10 here, 15 there. Uh, but I remember the first time I got hired to speak was a guy in Cincinnati, he ran Kenwood Country Club, a really highfalutin country club here in Cincinnati. And he asked me to come speak at their annual event. That was like 500 bucks. I'm like, somebody's actually going to pay me. And that's when it hit me like, wow, that someone's going to pay me to speak. And he'll, you know, just come speak. I'm like, okay, we never talked about what he just heard my podcast. And he's like, just come motivate us. I'm like, okay, sounds good. So I said yes to everything. I just raised my hand. I'll do anything, anytime, anywhere. Mm -hmm. And uh, I was dangerous in a good way. Like I, I wasn't thinking about anything other than I'm just going to do anything that comes my way. So I would, you know, these... I remember these ladies had an MLM party uh, at my wife's house, just jewelry at the time was what it was called. I don't know if it's still around, but it was, you know, network marketing. It's like Pampered Chef or anything else um, where they come over, they do a display, they sell the stuff. Everybody has maybe a glass of wine and they all leave. Well, she said, Hey, what do you do? I said, I'm a speaker, trainer, seminar leader. See, if you don't tell anybody what you do, you're never going to get hired to do it. She goes, Oh, we'd love to have, we meet every Wednesday. Would you come speak to our group? I'm like, yeah, sure. 10 o'clock at night or some crazy thing. I was speaking to their group of like 10 or 12 people, but I went anywhere, anytime, any place. And it was just go, go, go. I was blogging a lot because blogging was big. I was podcasting and I just told everybody I was got, I got on YouTube in 2007. So I, you know, had YouTube videos out there, but you know, I think it's when you don't really know anything, it's like a kid, you know, they think they can do anything. Well, that's the way I felt. Cause I was brand new in the entrepreneurial world. I was a kid at heart. I was, I was wide eyed and ready to tackle anything. And my big break came in, you know, 2008 yeah. where somebody heard a 15 minute podcast, booked me to speak in Hawaii, paid me a 25 grand keynote. I sold 150 grand of coaching at the event, went from having like 40 bucks left to having 175 grand, just like that. 15 minute podcast, you know, crazy. Yeah. That's awesome. <laughs> I mean, it's, do you, you just must marvel at that. Just like, wow. What I do. A, I mean, why me? I think about a why me? Why? 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 Well, I kind of know why me because I was 
I raised my hand. I put, you know, I put my hand up and said, Hey, I'm, I'm, I'm in, you know, I'm not faking this. I'm not like podcasting on the side or thinking I could just do this thing as a hobby. If it's a hobby, then you'll get hobby income. Mm -hmm. I was doing it to become a millionaire. I was doing it to become a dad. I was doing it to really change what I thought the landscape out there of just a normal everyday dude with a real fired up message. So launched the everyday Saturday podcast and I thought it would work pretty well. Um, you know, and then, then it, then when I was alone with my thoughts, I'm like, this isn't going to work at all. Like, why me? That's why I kept thinking. Like I, during the day I'm on fire and I'm laying in bed at night and you know, we all have that self doubt. I'm like, this isn't going to work at all. I, I am crazy. Like, this is so stupid. I can't believe I quit my job, you know, <laughs> but had I not got that speaking gig, I don't know, man. I mean, I think those things happen because you put yourself in motion, you stay in motion. And I think things just naturally are going to happen for you because not everybody, very few people are willing to put their chips all in the middle of the table and say, I'm in this thing. Yeah, I'm the guy. Uh, you want to hire me, you know? Yeah, I mean, I can relate to that. I'm, I'm, when I hear your story, I try to put myself into that story. I'm like, yeah, you know, there, there was usually more of a crossover. I'm into something else. And it usually kind of like seemed like a seamless transition where you just made that committed decision. It's like, I'll all in, not sure how it's going to work, but yeah. I have this set of belief, which... I, I want to dig into because you know what was the personal growth that went that you that you went through during that time, and I'm sure there were some obstacles along the way. Want to want to chat about that a little bit? Yeah, sure. I mean, I I was a big uh, I'd never really heard of entrepreneurship, and I'm not kidding. I mean, I was 32 years old before. What was that? 34 years old when I read uh, Think and Grow Rich and Rich Dad, Poor Dad, which are books, you know, those are biblical books in the entrepreneurial world, you know, but I never heard of them. I never really heard of entrepreneurship. And so when I was reading those books, I was thinking, this is crazy, man. I mean, you can do like this is legal, you know, so you can buy a piece of real estate and rent it out and no money down and all that stuff. I'll give you an example. Back when I prior, prior to quit my job, I went to one of these real estate boot camps, bought the course, you know, the thousand dollar, go to the back of the room, put it on a credit card. Well, I was eager. I was wide eyed. I went and bought 40 units, no money down. I had 40 apartment rentals in the next couple of years, just by doing what they told me to do. I didn't ask any questions. I'm like, Hey, does this work? Yeah, do it. Okay. I did it. And I was, you know, and inundating my mind with personal development, like the books I reference, as well as, you know, the legends like Zig Ziglar and Jim Rohn and people like that, Dr. Dennis Waitley. And I just was like, man, this is good stuff. Like, you know, I was able to get 40 rentals without any of my money down. I control this part of real estate now and I got a job and now maybe I can quit my job and maybe I'll be a speaker. You know, I like to speak, don't have any formal training, got a stuttering problem at the time, but we'll figure it out, you know, and I just look at it as a game and it's not like I don't take life seriously, but I really do. And I tell my kids this, look, you know, move your pawn here, your bishop there, your queen there, you know, you just don't want to get checkmated, you know? And I tell them to treat college like that. It's just a big game, you know, get the piece of paper, get out, get the job, and then go out and do your own thing when you're ready to do your own thing. But I don't take any of this stuff that seriously. You know, I just don't, I refuse to because I took my job so seriously and I thought it was life or death. And then when I got the further I got away from it, I realized that was the dumbest thing ever. Why did I, why did I ever lay awake at night worried about a meeting or a sales quote or something? Doesn't mean anything. Isn't that something? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you're retelling a lot of things that I could just totally relate to in my little transition in life. I don't know that I ever thought of it about it as a game, but I always thought it was fun and just yeah. always eager to find out. So it's really cool to hear you have that perspective um so have you um 
So where has that taken you from, you know, like I'm creating every day is Saturday. Um, now, does your daughter get credit for that? She she likes to. Okay. Yeah, she likes yeah. to. Yeah. Have you yeah. had her as a guest on your podcast yet? I have not. I oh. have not. Now, my kids are funny about what I do. They don't really talk about it. And it's because, you know, they're all teenagers. Well, I have a 22-year-old now, recently a teenager, two teenagers and an eight-year-old. The eight-year-old thinks I'm super cool. Uh, teenagers, not so much. And then I think the 22-year-old's coming around. But I think when they get older, and I think as a parent, this was another thing. I'm like, hey, guys, look at, you know, what what dad does. Or so I just kind of joke around like, yeah, no, not dad, please. No, not really. Please just stay over there. So, uh, but I know as we get older, as parents, our children look back and they get wisdom and they they'll be easy to, to connect the dots that they don't ever remember me going to a job none of them have a memory of me ever going to a job you know yeah and uh, i'm sure that you they, they've uh whether it was directly or indirectly influenced by the personal development that you went through yeah <laughs> they, of wisdom you know, from Sam. yeah <laughs> exactly i drove them to school every morning gave them the old motivational they don't like that either you know you got to mm-hmm. These are these are kids, you know, going to high school or middle school. Like, oh God, not another motivational talk. But I do that to plant seeds because when they're my age, I want them to fall back on some of the wisdom that their mom and their dad gave them. Same thing as you and me. You know, my mom raised eight of us by herself. I still quote some of the things that she used to say around the house, and that was forty years ago. You know, so fifty years ago. But you know, after that speaking gig, I just, I did a product launch because I thought, well, everybody else is launching a product online. So I created a product called six days to Saturday. And it was a six CD set, you know, for those of you that remember CDs that we used to listen to. And uh, I got a bunch of people to promote it and, you know, it was a million dollar launch. So Hmm. just one thing to the next, I just never allowed my own insecurity and limiting belief, which was big. I mean, I'm not high. It was big. I had limiting belief. I had insecurity about what I was doing, but I never doubted the impact I could have if I got to the right person. Mm-hmm. And, you know, a lot of people out there that try to, you know, like I create the million dollar message for people. Like that's what I really enjoy doing, taking some a seed of what they do or the thought or problem that they can solve and turn that into, you know, a podcast and a message and speaking and things like that. And, you know, with that, there's just people doubt, well, why me? I'm like, why not you? You know, look at what I was able to do. And I'm nobody special. I just stayed in the game long enough until success found me, you know? Yeah. I, so what is it that, I mean, is it the personal development stuff that what, what are you doing daily to, or for a person that's going, yeah, okay, you say that, but you don't know me and the stories I have in my head, <laughs> you know, the, yeah. the things that are, um, you have a quote called do simple better. And I love that because yep. maybe it's your mantra because man, a lot of us really work very hard at overcomplicating things, not intentionally, but it's just, we, we feel like we got to figure it all out before we even take action. Yeah. Ain't that the truth? Mm. You know, uh, do simple, better, keep it simple, do it better than anybody else out there, you know? And what I've been able to do to answer your question, I work with speakers, podcasters, coaches, consultants to help them develop their message. Because without the message, nothing's going to work. You could go on YouTube, LinkedIn, Instagram, podcast. If your message is what we call a blue ocean message, so clear and crisp that separates you from everybody else out there, it, it just you're not going to get any traction. You really got to you know, figure out what it is that you love to do. Figure out one problem you want to solve. Keep it simple. You know, Don't make it complicated because the more complicated, a confused mind never buys. So 
you know, the more you confuse people and you want to tell them that I do this and I do that and I do that. No, I create the million dollar message for people. It's easy to understand. It's easy to implement. And it's easy to find success when you don't give up. And I'm very particular though, about the individuals I work with, because, you know, I can't sit there and have somebody argue for their limitations the entire time we're working together, because that's not good for anybody. That's just a complete waste of time. I'm really looking, you know, I love the raw, unfiltered, like myself, eyes wide open, you know, very coachable, very teachable person who's excited to share their message when they nail that message down. I mean, I think that's really the ideal client. It is. Um, and, you know, I, I can speak from experience here, a little mini testimonial working with Sam. Um, it's liberating when you have that message so clear that everything you chat about can center right around there. And it does some simplicity puts things in flow. And yep. um, it's not, it, you don't, you aren't putting on a couple of, you know, obstacles and roadblocks like your rapids going, to, you know, floating down the rapids. Now you got to navigate all this stuff. You just want to just go down with ease. So that, uh, that I appreciate um, so much with your, your coaching and mentorship there. So thank you. You're welcome. You're yeah. welcome. Now, as I'm, as I'm thinking back here with, I mean, you're just out there figuring things out, raising your hand to everything. What's the, now you are at home being the dad. I mean, what's yep. the balancing act that's going on there on, you know, just because I think there's sometimes people are like, you know, I aspire to do these great things. Or even a lot of my listeners are with health and fitness stuff and they look at it as I am so crazy busy that they even thought of putting myself into health and fitness. I, I can't, I don't have time. So how does that balancing act work for you with, you know, what you accomplished? Well, I think you just said it time, you know, um, I, I thought I didn't have a lot of time until I really looked at what was going on. And even with kids at home, you know, now we have four kids, but even when we had three kids at home, you know, during, you know, between August and May, they're at school all day long. Cause you know, we send them to school. So there's an entire day I can focus on my business or what it is I want to do. And I'll pick them up at school at three o'clock and we're home the rest of the night, homework, baths, all that good stuff that you got to do, you know, when you're a parent. And if it were the summertime, I, a lot of the times I just took the summer off. So I worked very hard for eight months or so. And then I, you know, we, we went, I live in Cincinnati. So Kings Island is 10 miles up the road from where I live. We went to Kings Island one year. I remember in 2013, every day of the summer. Every day, we have a gold pass, get you in the park a half hour early. We rode every possible ride until noon. Then we came home and we did that every day. And the only times we probably didn't do it was on Saturday and Sunday when everybody else was there because they were at work all week, you know? So I think when you look at your schedule and you look at your time, what became really obvious to me, Perry, was how much I was just wasting, you know? And you got to be careful because when nobody's telling you what to do anymore, a job or where to go, the good news is you're your own boss, but the bad news is you're your own boss. And it hit me, man. Like I would get distracted. I mean, the TV was 20 steps that way. The refrigerator was 20 steps that way. My border colleagues always wanted me to throw them a tennis ball out in the backyard. I mean, I could get waste an hour or two just doing that, yeah. but you really got to dial it in. I think if you really looked at your day, like I started getting up real early, still do get up around four, four thirty in the morning now. Like this morning, I got up at four in the morning, let the dogs out and did two hours of work, like admin type stuff, email, uh, copywriting, just, you know, editing stuff, things like that. And then when everybody else gets up, I'm fresh. Here we go. Let's go. What do we got to do for the next couple hours until eight? And then the day starts and I go back to doing a couple other things. But 
you know, you really got to be protective of your time, Perry. I mean, if I, I had to have that drilled into my mind, you can't just, I don't answer my phone, never answer my phone unless it's a family member. Mm. It all goes to voicemail. You know, I don't answer emails right away unless they're absolutely, you know, urgent, which most 99% are not, which allows me to really just focus. And I think when people do that stuff, because coming out of the corporate world, everybody had your time, like everybody had a piece of you. So you didn't have your own schedule. Your schedule is what everybody else told you it was going to be. When you're an entrepreneur, it's all your time. And you really need to be good at saying no, 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 no. And just yes to the stuff that's going to really make the biggest impact at that point, you know? Yeah. How long did it take you to get into that group? Was it like pretty, pretty quick or was like, okay. No, it took me years, man. Years, years. I mean, a little bit at a time, but out of the gate, I remember it was 90 days in after I quit my job and I was by myself, I was still fiddle faddling around, still had a hunky, healthy chunk of change in my 401k that I was draining out. Now I was also in the middle of a bankruptcy as that oh. I kind of left that part out, but yeah, what's going on? I bought there? A, well, when I quit my job, I had bought a Quizno sub franchise that same year. Well, it went under just 300 grand. I put into that deal and went under, had to file bankruptcy uh, chapter 13 and then I went back to my job after I quit in 2005, 90 days later, saying, hey, I'm back. They're like, yeah, you ain't getting your old job back where you're running the show. We're putting you in a booth making 39 grand a year. Like, hey, I need health insurance. Our third kid was due October 11th. I filed bankruptcy October 5th. And I just went back for the health insurance. But I was so hungry that I ended up making over 100 grand just in that $39,000 sales job because I was just crushing every sales quota. And then I quit again 18 months later because I think everybody was done with me, you know? But I had the bankruptcy going on. I had the new lifestyle that I had to adapt to. I had money draining like a sieve out of my 401k. I had these real estate rentals that were okay. They weren't enough to really live on. They were okay. Mm -hmm. Um, I just had a lot of plates spinning in the air. So I had to get focused on, you know, I'm going to either do all of these things okay or I'm going to do one thing really well. And I chose the one thing and that was podcasting to stick with it and keep doing it. Uh, it's so funny where you were saying, you know, back in the day when you got started, people were like everybody's podcasting. There was nobody podcasting. There yeah. still isn't. You no, know? it's 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 uh, and it's really cool. You know, we're at a cool time. It was I I kind of in my own groove, and then it, all of a sudden it was this awareness. Like, wait a minute, you know about podcasting now, and you do, and you do. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> so a lot of people know about it. Very yeah. few people, you know, we, you and I share this stat a lot that 82% of the podcasts haven't even been updated in the last 90 days on iTunes. So, yeah. you know, there's a lot of people listening, not as many uh, creating, which is a huge opportunity. Yeah, it is. And uh, it's such a cool platform. So what, one other thing that, you know, not to detract from or deflect from um, the podcasting stuff, but so you, you, you've had one little obstacle and then another one. And I don't even say one of the little, they're, they're pretty, pretty yeah. huge. Um, and then your youngest uh, was born and there was, there, there was that challenge that she had. Right? Yeah. So in 2014, we found out we were expecting our fourth child. So I'll be 55 this year. So, you know, I wasn't a spring chicken mm-hmm. back in 2014. And uh, we we're like, holy cow, that's awesome. You know, this is, I'll be what, 46 or whatever. This is crazy. Let's go, you know? And, uh, that summer of 2014, my wife started having complications and we had lost a child back in 2000 of our boy, Matthew was born at 20 weeks. We delivered, had him baptized and then had to give him away. It just was our first pregnancy and didn't make it, you know? 
Um, so then our daughter Madeline was born the next year in 2001 and the next three kids were born perfect on their due date, perfectly healthy. And then Angela, my wife started having similar complications in 2014 to what she had back when we lost our first son. And we saw the writing on the wall. We'd been, we'd seen this rodeo before, man. And, uh, sure enough, her water broke at 23 weeks in August and she delivered the following week. So she delivered our daughter, Susan at 24 weeks and they gave her a couple hours to live and, she made it through the night down at Cincinnati Children's Hospital, and then she made it a couple more nights, and we're like, you know, let's keep it going. So a long story short, uh, we were praying hard, man, and it was just a wild time. 221 days she made it at Children's Hospital before she came home on a trach, on a G-tube, uh, on a ventilator. Ventilator was 40 grand a month. I mean, I remember these hospital bills. It was just crazy. And um you know, now she's in second grade, eight mm. years old. She'll be nine years old in August. And uh, that was a wild summer. I don't even remember. Like, I don't remember 2014 to 2018 because we never slept. Yeah. Because if you've ever had a child on a ventilator, the bells go off nonstop at night. Just, you know, oxygen levels are down. The trach needs to be suctioned. We were suctioning her trach. Like, the trachea is what kept her alive, you know. And, uh, you know, you'd have to remove the trach and suction it and uh, put it back on, put the uh, ventilator hose back on. We did that 20 times a night, man. Wow. We didn't sleep. And then every two weeks, we had to remove the trach from her throat. That's her only source of staying alive. And we had to put a new one in. And you talk about, I remember one time it didn't fit back in right. And I was freaking out, man. It was just like, yeah. you're holding this little life in your hands. You, you're you the doctor, you're the nurse, you're you're everything. Like you're the tech. And it was a super stressful time, but now that I look back, it doesn't seem as bad. You know, I don't know. I think when you go through a lot of that stuff and you look back on it, you're no stranger to tragedy yourself and what's happened in your personal life. And, you know, when you look back on this stuff, you're like, hey, uh, I didn't I didn't wish for that to happen. Uh, there's got to be a lesson there somewhere, though. And you, for us, you did what you needed to do. Uh, you don't have a choice. Yeah. You don't have a choice. I mean, what are you going to do about that? Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's called one more breath. Yeah. You can find it on Amazon. It chronicles because we just wanted Susan, our daughter, that's her name, Susan. We just wanted her to take one more breath. And she did every day for 221 days at children's. And so I wrote a book and I, what I did, it was just basically a journal of every day, what it looked like, all the stuff we were going through, the good, the bad, the ugly, didn't hold anything back, just took people along on the journey with us. You know, she's adorable. Love seeing her pictures. Yeah. It's like, there were a lot of prayers and a lot of people um, yep. following along on that, on that journey. So very, very cool. But yeah, I mean, it, another, you know, sometimes life has a certain direction for you and yet you, you were able to be home and yep. uh, that, that was another I, big, I was podcasting from the, uh, the parking lot of children's hospital yeah. in my car, <laughs> as opposed to Dunkin' Donuts park, parking lot, right? <laughs> that's right. Wherever I could, wherever I could record. That's right. Oh, that's so cool. Well, that is like major persistence there. I mean, that with, with still moving forward with the podcast and continuing on and being able to do those things too. Um, what for somebody that's just starting out, like, um, they're just, like, maybe they're in, they've got that vision. Like, I, I know there's something more. I mean, and they're wanting to make that shift into a career or, you know, into a maybe their own entrepreneurship sort of thing, or maybe even start their own podcast. You know, can you think of some must do's or some, maybe some mindsets that somebody would have around that? Yeah, you got to do it. 
um, you know, the thing that you don't want to do is exactly the thing you want to do. So for example, let's say you want to start a podcast, but you don't like the sound of your voice or you don't know tech and all those excuses, people, those are just excuses. Uh, what you really are is, you know, you're afraid of what might happen if somebody listens to it, for example, and how are you going to be judged by that? Well, look, man, um, I don't really speak with filters, so I apologize if it offends anybody, but you're you're closer to your last day on earth than your first day. And if you're going to give that crap any energy, then don't even get started in the first place because you really don't want it. You really don't want to do it. You just want to talk about doing it because it's when it's just a dream, it feels nice. We all like to daydream. I dream. I used to, I wanted to play center field for the Yankees. Huge Yankee fan. Hmm. And uh, that was a dream uh, till I figured out real quick, I ain't playing center field for the New York Yankees. When I hear people that are in their 40s and 50s talk about, oh, I want to do this. I want, oh, that's like me when I'm eight wanting to play center field. You're not serious about it. If you're serious, do something about it. Because when you do something about it, doors open for you. And you and you kind of step into this individual. It's no longer a dream. You're actually stepping in, which scares the hell out of a lot of people. I get it. I mean, it's scary. It can be. But what's more scarier, that or being 80 years old, sitting in a rocking chair on your front porch thinking about, you know, I should have done that. I could have done that. I know a lot of old people and I recommend a lot. I recommend people talk to old people because old people have wisdom and the wisdom they keep telling me is keep going, keep doing it. I wish I would have done it. Keep going. I bought every day Saturday.com from a guy named John Mix back in when I got started in 05. And, you know, he's, I called him on the phone. I found him on the internet back when, you know, domains were public information. Yeah. Really? And it was public information. You know, Google, it was a who is search. I found his phone number, called him, left him a message. Say, hey, John, my name's Sam Crowley. I live in Cincinnati. I want to have everydaysaturday.com. My daughter asked me all the time, daddy, is it Saturday? I'm going to build something off that. He called me back the next day and said, man, I got your voicemail. It moved me. I wish I would have done what you did. I just bought the domain and I was going to put photos out there about fishing or what I do at retirement. But you got something, kid. You got something. So- he gave me the domain. I threw him a hundred bucks on PayPal. I was in the middle of a bankruptcy. So I didn't have a credit card. Wasn't allowed to have a credit card, but I had a PayPal account. I sent him a hundred dollars and he sent me the domain name. And that's how I got every day Saturday.com. You know, well played. That's yeah. uh, that's the major drive right there to, you know, it's like, um, and I think it does boil down to, you know, the, the, the taking action sort of thing and to saying, you know what, I'm just going to take action and do this. All the person, the person could just say no. But if you That's never it. ask and you overthink it and you're just like, well, what if they do this? And what if they do this? All that what ifs just keeping you stuck. Yeah. But we take ourselves out of the game. We tell ourselves no way before someone else will, you know, mm-hmm. about all the reasons why something won't work. If you really want to do it, do it. At least start the process. Because when you start the process, you start to become a person that you didn't even know was inside of you. That's what happened to me. I didn't know I had this guy inside of me until I actually started doing something. Mm-hmm. Had I just sat in my cubicle or my corner office and daydreamed about it. Um, I don't know. That's like junk food feels good for about 10 minutes. And then the hunger is still there, you know? Wow. There's a, I love that a little analogy. <laughs> yeah, it's true. Wow. Way cool. Who's been, who, who would you say, and you probably have a list here, but who's made mm-hmm. the biggest impact on your life? Oh boy. From strictly a business perspective, because there's so many aspects in my life from spiritual to physical to business and financial and relationships. But I think from strictly a mindset, personal development, it'd have to be, I'd say Bob Proctor. Uh, I've met Bob a couple of times. I've spoken with him. I've had him on my podcast. I've talked to him on the phone a number of times. I've listened to probably every piece of content he has and the gift Bob, he's no longer with us, but the real gift Bob was able to do was to real 
do what I think is needed is just make it easy to understand, keep it simple and not allow people to argue for their limitations. Like we were talking about earlier. So from a mentorship, like a big, just mentorship perspective in the entrepreneurial space, I think Bob Proctor, um, as a friend or as somebody that you see on the internet, just watching his content was just an amazing inspiration to me and very down to earth kind of guy, you know? So, and I look, I think, you know, my wife is somebody who really grounds me. Uh, I think anybody that's successful, just look at their spouse, man, because I brought this poor girl, like I said, we've been married for 25 years and I brought her on this roller coaster and she's never once, like, I'm promising, man, I don't know if it's just blind faith. She has, a, she has a tremendous amount of faith in God and she believes in me. And if you don't have somebody that believes in you, that makes this journey even more difficult, you know? And I, I, I didn't have that. I had somebody that's just like, yep, I believe in you. I believe in you. Let's do it. Yeah. Well, what about that person that doesn't have that person believing in them? Um, well, then you got to do a little bit of selling, you know, yeah. then you got to put down a features and benefits of why you believe this is best for your family. You know, yeah. I did that, you know, even though my wife would have trust me, I, I made a list of, you know, the pros and cons of staying in my job versus leaving my job. And uh, she would have probably just said, go ahead and do it because she believed in me that much. But I, I recommend that it's a, it's a longer sale. You know, it's kind of, I would have several small conversations planting the seed about what you're really passionate about and get them to kind of understand to come over to your side a little bit and see it from your perspective and then look at it from their perspective. Say, look, I know, for example, if my wife and I, and and she didn't want me to do this, I said, look, I know how you feel. Uh, This is scary stuff. I mean, what if I lose everything? What if, you know, which I did, (laughs) but you know, what if it doesn't work out? What's the worst thing that can happen? Here's what I want to do, but I'm not doing it for me. I'm doing it for us. I want to be a father. I want to be a husband. I want you and I to go for walks at 10 in the morning and not have to go at eight at night when I'm dead tired and I've got nothing to even offer you. Mm-hmm. So if you want a better marriage, which you do, and I do, let's give this thing a shot. You know, that's my passions with the family. Because if I were to come at it or some guy or, or wife says, you know, to their spouse, I want to do it for the money. Well, now you've pigeonholed yourself into a really ridiculous thing, by the way. Money doesn't make you anything other than just more of what you are, you know? So if if you're saying, I think I can make a lot of money. Well, now you got to prove that you're going to actually make money with this thing. As opposed to saying, I want to be there for you. I want to be there for the kids. And that story about Susan. I Can you imagine trying to get a day off work for 221 days? Would have never happened. No. So, you know, I would use that as an example. Say, hey, this guy, Sam Crowley, the reason he was there for his baby and his family the entire time was because he quit his job and he had all that freedom to do it. I like that. I'd like to be more like that lifestyle, not necessarily like Sam the person, but Sam's lifestyle that he was able to be there for his family going through a really tough time. So there's a lot more selling that has to happen. It, But I believe that you know if your spouse is open to a better life with you, and with the family or whatever you two currently have in common that you'd like to do more of together, focus on that. Yeah. I love that. Cause I think a lot of times people will focus on a number like, Oh, I want to be making this much, you know, a year or yeah. whatever it is, but it is, it really boils down to, well, what, what does that mean for you? What was, you know, what right. would that enable you to do? What does that life look like? How, what does that feel like? And um, obviously you, you got into that state often. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. And, you know, and the selling part, a lot of times selling yourself, you know, in the belief yeah. of what, you know, you'll have those 
pity parties. You'll have the self-doubt. You'll have the things that will show up. And it's 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 building that muscle of overcoming and and will. Well, here's the thing: persistence. You, here's another thing. Kind of the quiet assassin is that if you're selling your spouse, what you know that if they come on board with you, you got to make this thing work. And that scares the crap out of a lot of people. That's why they don't sell as hard. Is because they're like, "Geez, do I careful what you ask for?" Because mm-hmm. I've just sold this to this individual, my husband and my wife, my partner. And now they give me the go ahead. Now I got to do it. Ooh, man. Then it becomes real. You know, it does. And then that happens, you know, maybe on a different scale, but that happens for a lot of people, even when they've decided to start health and fitness stuff. It's like, what if I put in all this time and I don't get the results? It's just easier to just not even find out. Yeah. Um, Or you get them and then you go back to default. You know, you get the results in 60 days, but then you go back and you put on twice as much weight or you get out of shape. Yeah, Yeah. absolutely, man. Have you read the book Psycho-Cybernetics? Back in the day, man. I forgot most of it. I'm sorry. Yeah. Kind of of that going back to that, you know, the thermostat back to 72. Bob Proctor talks about that a lot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The thermostat. I love that. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, well, Sam, this has been awesome. Where, where, so we've talked about to where you're at now. Mm Mm-hmm. Do you have a vision where you're going in the future with, you know, either the podcasting or with family stuff or whatever you're you're doing? Maybe you've got some bigger projects you're working on. Well, I want to get down to a single handicap in golf, Barry. Mm. That's my main goal this year. Uh, I'd be lying if I could definitely tell you that I want to change the world and I want to do this. I want to get to a single digit handicap in golf. I started as a 33 handicap two years ago. I'm an 11 Mm. and I'm just, so close. So that's the summer of 2023. I'll keep you posted how that goes. Uh, it's that, you know, that will happen. Yeah. <laughs> I, I'm just, I'm laser focused on it, but you know, from a, uh, from a professional's perspective, perspective, I, I believe God has called me like I'm a Christian man. And I believe God's called me to help people launch their message. I, I think I got a way of connecting with the everyday Joe and Jane out there that other people don't. Um, just to, look, I'm wearing an $8 t-shirt from Kohl's, you know, with a $10 haircut. So I'm not out there trying to impress any people. I'm here to impress upon them that look, if I can do it, you can do it. So I run a mastermind and it's a 90 day podcasting mastermind. I also, um, always create the everyday Saturday podcast on a daily basis. It's a grip and rip it show eight to 10 minutes a day. If somebody wants to tune in. You just go to everydaysaturday.com. You'll you'll find all you need right there. The podcast, if you're interested in our mastermind group, but just understand that, you know, the reason that I've been going for 18 years is because I just got started. You know, I'm not here to say, oh, I got the most podcast downloads or make this much money. I just want people to understand it's real. Like I'm a real person. I'm not just some Yahoo that shows up on the internet. This is a like, I'm a real dad, a real husband, a real speaker, podcaster. And it's only because I got started 18 years ago. There's nothing, I promise you, there's nothing that I've done that you can't do better than I did it. You know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. What What sort of things would can, can somebody expect when they go over and subscribe and listen to Every Day Is, Every Day is Saturday podcast? Yeah, just check it out on iTunes or Spotify, wherever you get downloads. It's a very inspirational to eight to 10 minute audio every day that I put out there of what's on my mind. Um, 
you know, it could be anything. I mean, literally anything, but it's always around four pillars, vision, action, results, belief, vision, action, results, belief. Mm -hmm. And if you have a big vision, you'll take big action. You take big action, you're going to get bigger results. And if you have bigger results, you're going to get bigger belief and it becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy. So the four pillars of my business are those, and there's always something around those on the podcast. And people seem to dig it, man. You know, it's, it's uh, short enough to uh, get people from point A to point B and it's got enough potent content to it that I think at least gets somebody thinking for the rest of their day. Yeah. Okay. That makes sense. Definitely. You know, and I love the bite-sized nuggets of it. I think when I first started my podcast, they were like an hour long. <laughs> Somebody yeah. reached out to me and was like, and why are they so long? I'm like, I don't, well, I don't know. <laughs> they well, did me a favor a by that. Ask, a- asking that question because then I'm like, well, maybe I'll just make them 10 minutes. That yeah. takes less time. <laughs> But yeah, look, there's a market for an hour long podcast. There's also, I just think the shorter ones, people, they just can get the message. You know, if you can say it in an hour, you can say it in 10 minutes. I think, you know, I just, unless you're doing a big interview, like we're doing right now, then of course you want to dive in and and have a conversation. You can't even say hello in 10 minutes. So it depends on the format, but I, I like that smaller, shorter format. I think people do too. You do a great job and thanks so much. And thanks for being such an inspiration and a mentor to me, Sam. And it's such an honor to have you on the show today. Yeah, man. I'm so happy we got a chance to do this podcast. Um, I'm very, very happy. Uh, yeah, I got a chance to meet you and Hillary about a year ago. And, you know, you and I started working together. I don't think that's by coincidence, you know, mm-hmm. and I know you had to take a leap of faith to have us, you know, work together and things like that. And I just want to thank you for showing up uh, for as long as you have. I mean, look, dude, you've been doing this podcasting a long time. But what's even more impressive is your commitment to fitness and exercise, which is insane. And the, I love that five minutes to Wapner thing you do, like at five minutes to seven thirty, five minutes yeah, to man. I got to get to the workout. I got that's crazy commitment. So I, I I totally applaud you, man. Like if I didn't have this microphone strapped to my hand, I'd be giving you a big uh, clap because. <laughs> That's that's wild, dude. That commitment level is like the 1% of the 1%, and you deserve all of it. Hey, lots of benefits come from it. And you know what? That five minutes to Wapner thing, I think it's five minutes to a single handicap for you. Just yeah, to, let's get in there. Oh, can't wait, man. It's and it's happen. all, it's isn't that crazy? Like what people focus on. It's just, it's a number on a scorecard. It means absolutely nothing. But when, when you just, I'm like the, just alligator jaws, man, I just latch onto something and yeah. I can't get it out of my head until I do it. And then who knows, yeah. I get to a single digit. I don't even know what's next after that. I honestly don't care. I'll move on to the next challenge, but I, I find so much joy in doing things that I don't ever think like being a 33 handicap, you wouldn't even take me golfing. You would, you would be like, oh my God, some keep Crowley out of the group chat. Don't make, make sure he doesn't know what, tell him what the time different than where we're going, you know? So mm-hmm. I love a challenge. There's a good message to that though. It, it, it is something that brings you joy. Something yep. that seems like, wow, that is way beyond my comprehension at the moment. I'm going to see if I can take that on. If I can't get get there, I'm going to get as close as possible. I can think of several things in my life that that has gone that way. Yeah, I, I love that you're doing that. That's, I mean, well, think about it. That. Think about like five percent body fat. Where do you go from there? You know, yeah. or if if you if you, uh, you make a million dollars, okay, check it off the list. You get to a single digit handicap. A lot of these goals that we set, you got to be careful because once you get there. You could go into a depression or mm-hmm. some sort of anticlimactical way, like, all right, I'm 1% body fat or 10% body fat now. 
there's only one way to go from there, man. You got to maintain that. And I had a guy tell me last week, cause I was sharing that handicap story where he goes, Hey, careful what you wish for, dude. He's like a seven handicap. He goes, you don't want to be a single digit. I go, I know. Right. Because once you get there, he goes, yep. Then you're just, there's only one way to go and you either maintain it or you go back. And I thought, well, there's a new challenge, you mm -hmm. know, like that's a brand, but I think you really got to be careful of what you wish for versus what you're built for. And I'm built to teach people how to discover their million dollar message. That's it. I stay in my zone of genius. And that way I'm always jacked up and I'm always excited to talk to the next potential client because I just get excited around that. So pick something that you have, you can maintain that excitement. You can do it till your, till your last breath on earth. Because if not in my, in my opinion, it ain't worth doing just stay in a job. Yeah. It reminded me of the Napoleon Hill chapter you and i are reading the same book right now um yeah and there was a little formula and i, I just read it this morning and i'll be darned if i can't remember it but it, it it's um it, it's something where you're you've got this belief or this thought that you're doing and then taking the action do you remember yeah. the formula i don't but i do yeah. know the general yeah i know exactly yeah. what you're talking about you know and it, it does start it starts with a single thought yeah a thought and then believing and then you got to do something about it. If you just did that, because we all have thoughts, but very few people take action on those thoughts because we don't want to be judged and we don't want to fail. Well, you know what? That's all school driven. School teaches you failure is bad. Entrepreneurship teaches you failure is one step closer to success. That's the big difference. And, you know, Napoleon Hill, those books, that, especially the one you and I are reading right now, I mean, those are gold, solid gold. They're timeless. You know, 1930s, these things were made and they're just absolutely timeless 100 years later. Don't be afraid to fail. Don't be afraid of being judged. You're going to be judged one way or another, either by somebody else right now, or you're going to judge yourself when you're in that rocking chair. I'd much rather be judged by somebody else right now. Yeah, no doubt. Thank you so much, my friend. I appreciate you so much and look forward to seeing you in that mastermind. Yes, sir. Giddy up. It's a new week. Everybody, I will drop, I will drop Sam's link into the show notes so you can get there to every day is Saturday podcast. Sam. Have yourself an awesome day. You as well, Perry. Thanks so much for having me on. Appreciate it. That's another Power Blast podcast in the books. Thanks so much for tuning in. And remember, when you are ready to recharge your battery, make sure you go to talktoperry.com. That's talktoperry.com. That's P-E-R-R-Y. And I want to listen. I want to hear, you know, what's going on. I want to help you in that 15-minute call to recharge your battery and reclaim your power so that you're off and running and creating massive momentum toward your dream. Also, Every day, I am delivering more motivation, support, tips, and strategies inside my free community with amazing people uh, like yourself. And we are conquering the mindset and the fitness. I do 52 weeks of free training in there, plus I coach and I mentor people, as well as give you access to tons of resources and guides. Just head over to UpsideDownFit.com and you can get into the group. And hey, you would be an awesome friend. If you get over to iTunes or wherever you listen to your podcast and leave an honest rating and review for the Power Last podcast. It helps awesome people like you find this show even faster. That's all I have for this week. I'll see you on the next Power Blast podcast. And always remember, it's never too late. We'll see you next week.